Hey, welcome back to another episode of Nerds and Dolls. I'm your host, Stephen, and joining me today I have my wife, Rachel. Hello. Um, my cousin, Anthony. Hey. And his wife, Caitlin. Hi. And we are here to talk about Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, but before we do that, we wanted to kind of give our background story of why we decided to be called Nerds and Dolls. So Well, and let's, it's more like a, a reason to explain the rationale here. So... Uh, we, my sister brought this up at one point. She she was saying that uh, we might want to do a clarifications why we call ourselves that, because when she was reading the Facebook page, she said it kind of sounded like we were saying we were nerds for dolls, and and that's not the the case unless we're talking about our wives. Um, but we don't play with dolls. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. That's just not what we're about. So. You don't have a secret doll collection. I don't. Ninja Turtles, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. But we call ourselves nerds and dolls because we were thinking, you know, we want to kind of share our interests for the things that we're passionate about. Stephen and I are huge nerds, and uh, the ladies are more cultured in their interests. And right. so we were thinking about how we could make these recordings while all being together, and and we were talking about our different interests. And uh, uh, Stephen was saying, yeah, we, you know, we're like the nerds, and they're. I don't remember what you said. But, I don't remember uh, what I said either. And then I and then I was like, oh, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like guys and dolls, except we're the it's nerds and dolls, you know. Anyway, so and it's I kind of it. a bad joke, but, <laughs> but that's us. <laughs> we're just a bad joke. <laughs> no, we're a, we're a bad joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's like what it, it is. <laughs> Stephen and I are getting. You squint your eyes and you try really hard. It oh, makes man. No okay. Anyway, so we're here to talk about Breath of the Wild, right? Yes. So, let me just start off, I guess. Or, I don't know. I don't have to start. You can. But I will. Um, so, things that stuck out to me about this new Zelda game. Um, first of all was the physics. I loved the physics in the game. It was super cool to see the videos when uh, Link standing on a, on a wooden board. And then having a magnesis, like of a humongous rock. And how they dropped it and it launched Link in the air. Oh! <laughs> I did like a tea, uh, what do they call it, a teeter-totter thing. Uh-huh. Super cool. Anyway, I just love how the, the, they really buckle down on all those physics. You can do a lot of things with that. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on is the schedules. I feel like uh, the, the world here is really alive because it has all these different characters all these different people that have their schedules that they, you know, at night they're in bed, they're asleep, you can walk in and wake them up and they don't like you. <laughs> and then uh, in the morning they'll get up and they'll, like in Kakariko Village, they'll go out and start uh, planting their carrots or gardening or whatever. And then at night they'll, like, start to walk back to their houses and go back to sleep. And then uh, when it, whenever it starts to rain or something, the people will, like, freak out and either run into their houses or run under the nearest uh, shelter, whatever it would be, um, and <laughs> stay there for the night or find a fire under some shelter and they go stand by it until the rain stops and then they'll start walking again. And uh, the weather also affects your mobility. I know that we all were frustrated. At times, when we try to climb something, and also it starts raining, and you start slipping and falling and dying. But uh, but it's not predictable. Like it's it's just a game that 
It, it seemed like every time we climbed it rained, but it, that's not the case. Yeah, you're right. A couple times when that happened, I'm just like, heck no. So I just hang there and I go <laughs> eat something till the rain stops. Watch the weather forecast. Am, you're like, I'm going to be here forever. <laughs> that's true. That's nice to add the yeah. forecast. You're like, is it going to rain anytime soon? That <laughs> yeah, was so frustrating. Um, but then another thing I really liked is how the world itself was kind of like a dungeon in a way, I guess. There's lots of enemies scattered around the world, small and big, and everything in between. But there'd be times when you'd be exploring the world, and all of a sudden you'd run into a boss battle that you weren't ready for. <laughs> Those, like, diamond to... things that killed me so many times. Yep. Oh, yeah. Those big rock dudes. Yep, yep. Horrible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or the Lionels, you know, just those big guys that At take forever. At least you would mark on the map where you died running. so you can <laughs> run somewhere else. Anyway, that's that's what I wanted to touch up on. I just, I loved that the world felt like a dungeon in that kind of way. And how the weather and people and everyone just seems to be doing their own thing somehow. I don't know how they did it, but everyone's doing their own thing. And everyone's a living person or or animal in this crazy big world. And it's just super fun to see all those things come together. can't imagine how complex that would be on a computer. This person will walk independent from here to here in the daytime, and then it will pieces. end up here. This person yeah. will travel from here to here. Beetle, man, he's everywhere. Well. I don't know how they have to schedule for him. He's like, anytime you show up at a stable, he's like, I'm here. <laughs> but other than Beetle, <laughs> maybe a couple other characters too, but other than him, I feel like... Everyone else has got a pretty good schedule there. Mm. Yeah, that was cool. They, uh, they, they definitely put a lot of detail into this game. I think that's one of the things where it really shines. Um, uh, I think that um, that was one of the things that impressed me when it, was, uh, when it was first being previewed, and especially even while playing the game, is just like every small little detail. Um, it, uh, I mean, like if you, if you looked at like this, uh, this puzzle say or or maybe an enemy encampment and you're like what if i could do this if you know using um i don't know any combination of things that you you usually could uh you, you if if you were clever enough um there was multiple ways that you could approach something and i thought that was something that was really a triumph of the game for sure so detail was was one of the the strongest points i thought mm-hmm it's so true <laughs> like that shrine, that one shrine where you have to, you have to connect all the electricity on the floor or whatever on the walls. Remember that shrine? Oh, you that one's terrible. I kept Rachel. having to use my sword or something. Yeah, Rachel would like, drop her sword, and it would connect the circuit. <laughs> Where's the metal sword? Here we go. Man, connect. Smart. But that's half like, of the that, genius of the game. That's the you physics can really again, think yeah. out of the box. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that worked. Yeah, and they There's and they one way to do thought everything. of that before I did. You know, someone at the developers made it possible that you know all your swords are useful for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. or unuseful depending on when it's raining or lightning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true, true. Uh, so uh, I, there was a couple things that I kind of wanted to talk about as well. Um, I uh, well, I'll preface this by by starting by saying I'm I'm kind of a well, I'm a Zelda veteran. I, Zelda has been my favorite series for a very long time, and and one thing that was kind of at once both uh, frightening and exciting is just how different this world is from the traditional ones. And and there was just so many things that I really loved that worked 
Um, Stephen brought up one, which was the physics. I loved how there was so many different ingenious ways that you could you could solve a puzzle just based on um, you know a clever mix of, of uh, the chicest slate abilities you could get, and um, you know other other physics-based things that uh, made it so you could solve a puzzle in a non-conventional way and still get through. And it, you know that was something that I really enjoyed. This was kind of my first foray into into open world gaming and. Um, the impression that I'd always gotten is that it's just kind of this gigantic area for you to walk through and I mean it's kind of empty space or, or busy work and doesn't necessarily give you a reason to feel like there's any anything really uh, exciting as you go from point A to point B and maybe maybe I am different than other people in that regard but I feel like this is a game where they, they succeeded in making the journey between two locations um, uh, the exciting part of the game uh, in a lot of the times and uh, and I feel like it's those small little details they added in the world that made this game so masterful um, I actually I've said this for a while I feel like one of their most ingenious additions was the addition of like the Korok seeds uh, the Korok seeds kind of I mean there's there's 900 of them so it's not like <laughs> you're ever going to collect them all but I think that's almost also part of the genius because there's, the world is so saturated with them that uh, that every nook and cranny, there's always something yeah. to reward your curiosity. Uh, in most games, you're running through and you're like, look at that tree, look at all of its textures, and <laughs> look at the bloom lighting as it comes through the, the leaves, you know, and that's about all you get from it. And if you're a tech uh, a tech junkie, then that's great for you. But uh, you know, I'm I'm one of those people where I look at um, say. An HD TV. I can okay. I can tell HD from SD, but once you get higher than that, I can't tell the difference. You know, <laughs> super HD or 4K. I can't tell. What's I can't going, tell. I the can't difference. tell what's going on. You know, I, I go for I go for experience rather than than appearance, and so that. And I'm the same way. I feel like uh, that's something that the Breath of the Wild delivered on. The trees weren't necessarily wonders to look at, but every time you saw one that looked just a little bit different, you're like, oh, wait, that there's probably something there, and so you'd climb to the top and you'd find a rock and there's a Korok and you're rewarded for your, your curiosity. And so every, every moment, you know, I'd be running along and I'd see what looks to be like a, an, an ordinary little area and I explore it and then I find, um, you know, that I'm rewarded for my curiosity. And, and so every little bit of the world uh, had something fresh and new to explore in it. And so it made even, so true. even menial tasks, uh, you know, in other games be interesting. I remember one time, uh, w this is very uncharacteristic for me, but I remember one time I was just climbing this mountain and I found this gigantic apple orchard. And I was like, ooh, apples. And I'm like, I'm going to pick them all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then I did. That's what I, I want to do. That I sounds did. like my gameplay. Oh, it's like does. no logic whatsoever. <laughs> Get distracted. Like, what was I doing before? I think uh, I was on a mission. Who cares? <laughs> I'm gonna walk over here now. Ganon <laughs> who? I know. <laughs> but the strange what thing was, normally collecting is is like my least favorite part. But I picked that that apple orchard clean without using a single bomb, <laughs> <laughs> and it was genuinely enjoyable. And now some people might still be like, okay, you might be you might be, you know, maybe pushing the envelope a little bit there. But I really did enjoy that, and I feel like that's one of the strengths <laughs> of this game is that the menial things, the collecting of of items, there's there's just enough to reward your curiosity that that's one of the funnest parts. Um, yeah. So, 
So true. So I really, I really loved that element quite a lot. I did. <laughs> Exploration. I don't, I don't know if I can elaborate on the fact that I'm like a bipolar player. Woohoo! Because that's literally my whole gameplay was about horses. Yeah. <laughs> because once I figured out that you could actually get horses, I was like, okay, who cares about Ganon? Who cares about all these pictures, <laughs> memories, whatever? Like, I was so determined to get every type of horse and what hair color they had. And it was like, and so, once you figured out you could change their, their hairstyles and stuff, it was you over. You can change their hairstyles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little crazy. I mean, you can do like a mohawk or like. Yeah, a mohawk horse you or can like a braided horse. Go a little nuts, like, but it, it was now. really fun. <laughs> yeah. like Really long blue hair. Or, I or would green. spend five minutes trying to decide what my horse's name would be. Like, this was such a big deal for me. What the name was yeah. and what the hairstyle looked like. And although Steven was off defeating all of these divine beasts, I was like, look how many cool horses I have. And he just admired my amazing ability to sneak very quickly. So I, was, I was also not allowed to kill any deer when Rachel was alive. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so mean! At I least like, up on a Reliving Bambi. Bambi or something. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, Rachel, close your eyes real quick. I don't, I don't think I, I, I even killed food. birds. Like, I only killed the, the pigs or something and cows. I think that's one of, like, the best things about this game, like, coming from a non-gamer point of view. I think we touched on it last time that I played some Nintendo games growing up, but, I mean, the the most intense game I ever played was Pokemon, and that's not really that <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, but that you can go, you know, where I can enjoy it and Rachel can enjoy it yeah, just as much as Steven and... Anthony can enjoy them. I finally got into my brain that there was no next. You know, that you can just go at your own pace. You can explore it as you want. You can go as fast as you want through the whole game or as slow as you want. I still haven't finished the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I finally defeated the last Divine Beast and now I'm like, I don't know if I want to do Ganon. <laughs> oh, so true. I can agree with that one. But, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can, and you can go on all of the side quests, or you can go on none of the side quests, and you can still enjoy it no matter what level you're at. In game. Yeah. There's no lists yeah. or objectives. You don't have to follow a path. I remember feeling like, you know what I want to do? I just want to go to the edge of the board. Like, that... That was, like, one of my objectives. So I went out in the middle of the sand and kept walking forever. And in that desert, there's, like, no direction. You can go whichever way you want and literally get lost in the desert. It's pretty awesome. Because <laughs> the sandstorms will come and you'll distort your map and you won't have any idea where you are. Yeah. But, yeah. Until all of a sudden the message pops up that's like, the world is ended. You can't go any farther. No, it doesn't say that. It says you can't go any farther. Yes. Like yeah, and it's impressive when you get like, there. Whoa. You're like, what? You can still see stuff out there. Yeah. That's definitely something that's that's pained me. There was a couple times, like, <laughs> when I was exploring, exploring uh, like, the northern Akala area. Yep, I know what you're um, talking about. I'd be standing and looking at those cliffs, and I'm like, they... I can tell they have 3D assets. I can step on them. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. I started climbing. It was like, nope. And then it dropped me. I was like, oh, come on. So sad. I want to climb. Uh, that's actually yeah. another point that I that I kind of wanted to make. I felt like, uh, I mean, we've already made it clear that we felt like the world was very organic. And that's one of their greatest triumphs. Um, but I also loved how uh, the, the, the experience that you could have, uh, you know, like as Caitlin 
uh, was saying, where you can kind of go at your own pace and go wherever you want, was both, uh, you know, made the, the experience very different and at the same time very communal. Because I remember, like in, in Zelda, there's no, there's no meaning to the phrase, have you gotten this far? I mean, you can't ask that question because mm -hmm. who knows but that this person uh, spent their time, uh, whether it was training horses or I've heard of people who spent all their time discovering enemy glitches and making ridiculous videos about it, and it's kind of awesome. <laughs> um, you know, a person who's like, I wonder if I can feed the enemies, you know, and just like whatever you want to oh, do. You go. But one I thing that, that. That, that I found as I was playing it uh, at the same time as Steven and, uh, and Caitlin and Rachel and my, also my brother and sister is that, you know, we'd be like, oh, have you discovered this yet? Um, like at the, the southeastern edge of this peninsula near the uh, near this location, you know, and we'd be using like the names of the places as if they were real locations. Well, some people are these. Okay. <laughs> I, I was gonna say. You know that hill area. I know. <laughs> I was gonna say. They row. would name out the places, and I'd be like, "What?" And then I have to go in my game and look at the map. I'm like, "Oh, there we go. There we go. That's what he's talking about. Okay, so right I, here." I guess I'm the super nerd here, but I, I like I just loved how you could really you could talk about these locations as if you were there, and it felt very. It felt a lot more real in a way, um, and you know we'd be sharing all these cool experiences. You know, Stephen would say, "Oh, you, have you seen this yet?" And then uh, my brother David or my sister Lisa, you know, they'd be like, "Oh, I I, I found this monster, and have you seen this thing?" And and it was just it, it felt almost me. like uh, like a multiplayer experience, even though we were all experiencing our own world. And it was really cool um, how communal that made it. I thought that was really awesome. Very fun. Well, I think one of those things I said to you was, "Hey, have you found the Lord of the Mountain yet?" <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" I was like, "This is so cool." I showed Rachel. She's like, "That is the ugliest horse." I've I don't ever think seen. I ever. I don't remember. You don't remember that? It's that <laughs> horse with like all those eyes. Like, yeah, and see, that's the thing. thing. You like, showed it to Whoa. me, and I was like, "Hey, I don't even want to do and that." And you could ride a bear. Sounds great. <laughs> you could ride a bear. In but this they year. had a very good balance between letting you do whatever you want. And still giving you steps in the storyline. Right. Like, um, if you wanted to figure out what happens with the main storyline with Link and Zelda and Ganon, you can. You can go through all of those memories. And that memories. was exciting to was still fun. have, like, a basic storyline that you can follow instead of it being bland and kind of pointless. Yeah. It really had a good balance, I think. Mm. That's actually another thing that I thought was kind of masterful is, like, they managed to tell a, a more... I mean, as far as as far as like a plot goes, it's maybe not the deepest thing in the world. Zelda games aren't necessarily known for their extremely deep plots, but I'd say this is one of their strongest runs. And in in a um, in a type of gameplay that doesn't necessarily be very, it's not very conducive to that. I mean, how do you tell a story with an open world where anyone can literally go anywhere they want? But not uh, force anyone to do the story right mm -hmm. away. Right, and they managed to they figured it out and it worked really well. Um, so, another point, moving on to so, uh, another one of the ones that I wanted to address. Um, I also really liked how they, uh, they made the, uh, the battle system uh, different, like unique from past Zeldas, and, and, and also at the same time very flexible. Uh, I, I'm going to be a little bit controversial here, because I know this is where we step into an area where a lot of people Danger. weren't very happy Danger. with it. <laughs> Danger. <laughs> what? But, um, so... Uh, I think one of the first things that kind of comes up when you talk about this is uh, is the breakable weapons. Insert groans here. 
Uh, <laughs> a lot of people really didn't like that. Um, but I thought that uh, it, it was one of the first highlights of, of many different elements in the battle system that I think actually improved the game. And I, and I talked to um, a lot of uh, you know us here and uh, my brother and sister who were playing it. And uh, a lot of us agreed that, um, you know, okay, sure, the weapons were, were like matchsticks in terms of their durability. Some of them, yeah. Some of them. Uh, some were better. Sticks. Uh, <laughs> but I like how it kind of forced you to be a little bit more uh, ingenious in your battles. You can't just rush in and hack and slash things like you yeah. kind of could do you in the could past You could do elements. in any other Zelda game. Or which weapon you choose to use. I think the strategy element is much more... Mm -hmm. If you want them farther away, use the spear. But you could right. go in and, and just hack them. Well, <laughs> later I did, on, I, I suppose. I used to do that way more, but you do, like, there are consequences to that. Yeah. <laughs> you lose your weapons and you don't have such protection. Right, and I think, <laughs> I think the thing is that, uh, like, in past Zeldas, there was never really that much danger from any enemies except for maybe the bosses. And even then, the bosses I never found to be super challenging. Yeah, they, me neither. They, they never really did much damage. They were more like cinematic experiences rather than actual struggles against an enemy. Uh, and this game turned that on its head. Um, and, and I mean, like, the difficulty scaling kind of got easier near the end as you got more powerful. But, um, you know, as Caitlin was saying, eventually you get enough weapons and strong enough weapons that you can kind of run in and, and hack things. But um, I, I just really liked how you had to be strategic. Um, uh, and, and it required you to build real skills. Uh, uh, one thing I remember thinking is that in past Zeldas, um, the bow, for example, was was always more of a puzzle-solving thing than an actual weapon. You know, there would be a couple true, times I'd be like, true. hey, there's bats on the ceiling, you know, shoot them down, and that was about it. Um, but in this game, it was uh, a very key um, item in your inventory. I, I used it probably even more than I did my weapons, and I I got, I, might, I must say, dang good at aiming. <laughs> All hail, Anthony! <laughs> I don't know. Have you reached my level yet, Ant? Oh, what's your level? Oh, I'm. I'm so sick master. of going to those. <laughs> so whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> level one hundred twenty. Um, but uh, and and I mean, like all joking aside, you actually had to get good at it. That yeah. was not a thing in past Zelda's. I mean, there was a, a level of skill to it, but not really. Especially if you were close enough to lock on, then it would just yeah, they were just then it would just aim for you and you were done. You know, and this one, um, you even if you were locked on, it still forced you to aim. So you had to learn how to do it right, and uh, and so sniping was a matter of actually you know judging angles and things like that. And um, I remember being. Uh, uh, impressed with even like how far Caitlin got. She, she you know, again being a non-gamer, <laughs> there was like, a couple yep. shots where I was like, "Holy cow!" You know, headshot <laughs> hundred meters away. I don't know, really far. Stephen only remembers me yelling at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hit the pig in the eye again. Ah! And I was, uh, I was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> or in that horrible um, trick that you love. I don't even remember what it's called. Um, no, it's the island where you can't, you don't have enough. Eventide. Eventide island. I, I did that so many times. I remember that. And you only get like three She found arrows. that island before I did. She's and like, I found a if you miss once, it's over. <laughs> I have 
probably it's, it's horrible. <laughs> and I found it before Stephen did, and, and I didn't realize, well, it took me five times just to swim out there. You know, you get on the raft. Of course, mm. I didn't do it the smart way. I had to go out every time I died yeah. and if go on the raft again. That, I would have done it that way, too. She but. told me that once you get on the island, you can't save, so I, I got on the boat, and I got as close as I could. And then I saved like on manually a rock. on my boat. It was still. so smart. And so I then like, I just jump what? off my boat I, and I, <laughs> I spent 20 minutes like getting on the raft I all cheated. the way in every time, and I was so I guess frustrated. it's not cheating, but I cheated according to Rachel. No, it was wise. It was smart. <laughs> so, okay, I'm not going to do that. And that's why there's no cheats. That's what the, ge- the game is, is smart. But I, I feel like with the, with the battle system, that it kind of goes back to that like you kind of create your own experience you know you can go in and you can decide to just go in you know hack and you know and that only gets you so far but i mean you can also use you know all the tools of the world still set up barrels where you can blow those up or like they'll often put like environmental things that you can manipulate to do a battle completely without ever having hand-to-hand combat yeah and like you really could create your own experience in the battle system and in order to do those i i remember i got to a point that i was doing some of the harder bosses and and i was getting so frustrated anthony's like well have you done this did you know about this and then he like took me back through and showed me some of the more fine-tuning ways to battle and that really improved but like i still was able to create my own experience without having to necessarily be skilled in Super Smash Brothers or something like that. Yeah. Anyways. It's true. It was an impressive game, I have to say. I'm I'm really still impressed that both me and Caitlin played it. Yeah. And I'm ashamed to tell any of my friends that I <laughs> But it's so entertaining. It's really kind of uh, no stress and fun to run around and I don't know, it's appealing to all ages and genders and types of livelihoods. Uh-huh. Like, why can't you be him? I, yeah. I remember being, like, thinking, wow, this is, like, one of the most, uh, the, the strongest arguments for the, the quality of the game that it got two non-gamers mm-hmm. to, to get so into it. And to the point where, like, Caitlin, for example, um, she was talking about she was never much for, like, the intense battles. Um, now she can take out a lineup. Yeah! <laughs> it's kind of cool. How is it Anthony was really impressed. I know. How to impress your husbands, learn how to play their game. I know. <laughs> <laughs> beat before they so true. She does Rachel beat a Lionel before man. I did, too. Rachel's like, I beat my first Lionel. Take today. that, Steven. I was like, yeah, what? I'm terrified of those things. I won't come anywhere close. <laughs> and you beat one? All right, I gotta try. I was now. determined. But, uh. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, that was that was one of my favorite things. And, and I mean, going back to the durability, I liked how um, it made you have to, to constantly think about how you're restocking your weapons, how you're keeping your, your gear up to, to date. I mean, there, I, I did have a few minor gripes. I would have liked having like a, like a, a durability bar for That'd the weapons so, nice. so you could actually see how much was left. So it's like, oh, I can yeah. drop this one and I can pick this how, one up. How much have I used this one? So oh, true. This one's better than this one, but it almost has no durability. Cool, I'll drop it and I'll pick this one up. In, instead of being like, this one's still better, I, even though I don't know how much I've used it, I'll not take it. Anyway, so that would have been nice. Shiny or not. Is it really not. just those from new? 
too used. used. Too and broke. Yes. <laughs> it does. And it could be like two breaks away from smashing. Yeah. And you're like, mm. Yeah. So that, that was a little bit of a gripe. And, and I also wouldn't have minded if they'd streamlined some of the, uh, the, the menus for selecting that. But I won't get into that. I, I just liked how it made, forced you to kind of think on your feet. And you had to learn how to use all sorts of different weapon types and when they're useful. Um, and I, I loved the additions of the, uh, the, the parrying and the, uh, the flurry rushes. Flurry Those rushes were so much fun. Kind of became my, my staple. Like, that's how I fight everything. <laughs> Just like, come at me, bro. And then I backflip and I go beat the crap out of the thing. <laughs> Those <laughs> are still impressive. That. I can't like them. Those are so cool. <laughs> You're getting good better. At them. That's how you beat the Lionels. I'm teaching Rachel that, too. Rachel's gotten that. I never, I never used the perfect parry as much, though I'm starting to see how much it's. It's definitely more useful than I thought. Uh, though I loved using it against guardians. It's hard. Oh, those are when fun. When you get that, then ooh, that's fun. Which, by noise. the way, did you know that that was a thing? Because I didn't until I didn't know that was a no. thing either. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that was a thing until I was like, it. "What did I just do?" And everybody's like, "Oh, you just did this," and I'm like, uh, "I don't know how to replicate that." <laughs> 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 I would get even frustrated in the in the um, what were they called, the tests with the harder oh the major um, tests oh, the major, major tests yeah I hated those I was, I was like okay Stephen you can do this <laughs> take care of that <laughs> he would say yeah. run 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 and the <laughs> the little dude would come kill me every time but it did it did kind of enforce I would have taken that over a tutorial of how to you know throw your sword and all that stuff because this game did not have a tutorial or any nope. sort of training process it was just like here we go here's the world run out into the world have I, fun I loved that oh me too Zelda games have traditionally been bogged down with just really long unnecessary uh, tutorial sections where it's like look at your village save the cat Yes. You can jump. <laughs> you can talk to things. And it's just like, shut up. I know. You know, and then Breath of the Wild, it's like, here you go. Hey, look. That's the world. And then you go, go. and explore it. And, it's, and I loved that. That was There as you go. It's super nice. I, uh, that's always something that's made it uh, harder for me to get back into some of the older ones. It's like, oh, but like Twilight Princess has a five hour long introduction. <laughs> it's a five hour intro. <laughs> oh, my heavens. <laughs> anyway, good game, but you know. Uh, I just loved how Breath of the Wild switched that up. So. I do too. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? We've I, gone. Uh, we've got like 32 minutes. We've gone again. <laughs> well, it is the best game of the year. Uh, this is the best. This is going to win I'm the sure game of the year. I'm sure our viewers so. are not shocked. This is no, such a great game. This is so hard game. to stop yeah. talking about it. I know. I think we oh. Have, oh no, I was going to say I think we have just a handful more points. What were you going to say? Um, you said it. Yeah. I know one thing that Rachel and I have commented on before was. Um, the art of the game, like, visually, uh, being an artist, I remember listening to, <laughs> we were over at Rachel and Stevens, and we were watching the, I, what was it, something, like, where they talked about Breath of the Wild when it was first coming out, and we were all excited. Watching the developers talk about it or yeah, something? Yeah, that's something It's probably like something that. I was doing because I'm a nerd. Maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> I was but, like, I want to hear how they did all this stuff. But they talked about how they did the style of the game in a watercolor style um, called gouache painting, which is a medium that I'm learning how to use right now, and um, and how they used some of those techniques as 
the Impressionists used, and and you can see that coming through in in the visual direction that they showcased, where you'll see the light reflecting on the leaves and the and everything's really soft and pretty and stunning to look at for those digital artists. They just did so well. And and there was no repetition uh-uh. in those every little rock and every little tree cluster, you know, you always, I guess I always watch some movies like Lord of the Rings and see all the herds of people that are copies. And I'm like, there's no way, you know, I kind of look at the the artistic perspective, I guess, of the digital work. And it's impressive um, how they did not get bored and they kept all the trees looking different and, uh, such an attention to detail. Yeah, the, everything. where the plants grew and all that rock shapes. Like, I just yeah. can't, like, when I really start thinking about it, it kind of freaks me out a little, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how they That'd did it. really overwhelming, <laughs> But. We want um, everything to look completely different from everything else. Yeah. But I, I guess I should have my little nitbit of music here. I know in the past I have been one that's very critical of music from video games. <laughs> Steven is constantly uh, playing video game music while we pull out, you know, Settlers of Catan. And I always roll my eyes because I'm like, oh gosh, it's adventure Most, music. Mostly Zelda music. Um, but, you know, since Steven and Anthony are big Zelda <laughs> veterans here, I, I haven't been a huge fan of the melodies in the past, but uh, Breath of the Wild, gosh, they, they decided to use piano and I am so in love with how crisp and professional it sounds. Um, and I think we've t- discussed this a little bit before, how it's not too invasive of your experience. You know, the music is a little bit, it transitions beautifully through when you're exploring or on a horse and then you come into an area and um, a battle sequence or whatever uh, appears and the music is fitting for the character and not too... Irritating. Yeah. With, it being an <laughs> with lack open, of better words. <laughs> with it being like an open world, they could have definitely overwhelmed the yes. players with music. And, you know, while you're walking through the forest, being dun da 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 Yes. And just being like, okay, I can only take like five minutes of that and yeah. then I would be done. But, I mean, it was just so gentle. And then all of a sudden you would yes. just like walk in a field and then all of a sudden you just hear the little piano chimes chord progressions that are simple and stunning helps you look around too yeah i think i love that so i i have to add my two cents to that so i i know this has been another kind of sore point for a lot of people because uh the zelda soundtracks have often been one of the uh the strongest the strongest points of the series and a lot of people are like it just always shines there and I, i know a lot of people are like i just don't feel like it's as much of a Zelda game when it has such an understated soundtrack. But I feel like, honestly, that's another one of my favorite strengths about the game is that, um, you know, like they were saying, uh, it, it could have had a sweeping or orchestral score for everywhere you went, but I would have gotten sick of it so fast because I would have felt <laughs> like I, I need to get to this next area so so the music will change at least. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we run away from the song. Oh, no. We run away from the <laughs> That'd be bad. I mean, like it could have been, it could have been great, but I think it would have actually hurt the sense of curiosity and exploration because I would have been like overturning this rock because it would have been like, dun 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 dun, dun or something. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and 
that's always been a, a thing of, of like the Hyrule Field theme in past Zelda games has always been one of the more you know exciting or adventurous uh, themes. And again, I know that people were kind of disappointed that that wasn't the case, but I just loved how it let me kind of explore the world almost like I would the real world. And that's actually one thing that I, I feel like has kind of bled over into the real world for me. It's like, as I'm running along through Hyrule and I'm just hearing the wind blowing through the grass and I hear the, the birds chirping and there's just nothing but, but those sounds in my footsteps and then all of a sudden that just sudden, you know, sweet little piano introduction for the theme, quote unquote, of, of Hyrule just kind of comes in and it just seems to like create this almost, I, I, for lack of a better word, a sublime experience where um, it's just almost uh, like kind of an artistic, painterly, um, musical conglomeration just, just to show just how wondrous it is. And so like I'm, I'm going through this area, I can just be literally running through the grass and I'll just be grinning from ear to ear because of this combination of, of, of sights and sounds yeah. or lack thereof. Um, and mm -hmm. and, I, and I, I've, there have been multiple times when I've kind of, you know, I, in, um, outside of gaming, I, I also, I love nature, I love hiking. And there's been a number of times when I'm hiking along this mountain trail and, and like the theme from Hyrule will just kind of pop in my head and I just kind of look and see, <laughs> see more of the, the depth of the world, uh, you know. Uh, and, and when he means pop in his head, then I start then playing it on my phone. It starts in my head. Uh -oh. <laughs> Zelda turning over. Uh, I do the same thing. <laughs> I'm afraid. It's, it's so great, though. It makes it makes every hike better. <laughs> but I, and I just remember one time I was doing that, and I was just walking in this this really beautiful wooded area where everything was covered over with uh, with um, vines and. And um, I had the song playing, and I was noticing the, the light streaming through the trees, and that just seemed more magical than usual. And I looked over to my right just in time to see a leaf fluttering to the ground. You know, the, the music seemed to accent those 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 little changes. And, I, you know, I know I sound ridiculous right now, but, <laughs> I, you know, I think that's one of the things that impressed me the most about this game is that it's one of the only games, actually it literally is the only game that I've ever played that has actually increased my fondness for something in the real world because of the experience I had in the game world, where this exploration and this joy of nature and just discovering, you know, every little nook and cranny has just, um, you know, made me even more excited to do the same uh, in, in the real world. And I thought that was another one of the, the magical yeah. triumphs of the game. Definitely. Oh, yep, man. I agree. Well, I think I will wrap it up for today. Um, if any of you have any questions or comments, you can email us at nerdsanddolls at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your feedback. Any questions you have uh, or any topics you want us to discuss on our podcast, please send those over. We'd love to discuss. Um, and I guess that... Yes? Yeah. One more thing? So, uh, One final uh, word? I'll just I'll just tie it up with this. You can tell we all really like the game. It was <laughs> it was it was a, a sublime experience. Um, I I think the final point I'll add, maybe just as a pithy little turn, uh, you know, cl closing everything up here. Uh, so uh, again, you know, coming as a, a veteran of the Zelda series, this one is a very different game. A lot of people have asked me, you know, do you consider this to be like better than Ocarina of Time? Uh, you know, the the 
the traditionally best, best Zelda, Zelda game. game. Um, and you know, I, I part part of me said, you know, it's like a yes and no sort of thing because they're both very different experiences. But I, I think I came to the realization that I think it probably is my favorite, and here's the reason why. There's a lot of things that are very different. I, you know, I felt like, um, you know, there was a couple things in this game that didn't quite scratch my, my Zelda itch in some ways. I mean, it was a very minor thing, but I felt like, like I loved the shrines and I loved the Divine Beast, but they weren't quite the, the, the itch I was looking to scratch mm. with, you know, when, when it comes to like the dungeons from past Zelda games even though I still thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, but I realized as I was talking to Steven a little bit before we started uh, thinking of the idea of making this recording, is um, I was saying, you know, I realized the reason why I love Breath of the Wild the most and why I think it's such a masterful game is that in, in the past Zelda games, I really kind of lived for the dungeons. I felt like that was where the, the, the magic of the games really existed and that the overworlds, while, you know, interesting, were never really what I what I lived for you know I I'd run through the field to get to the next dungeon and as soon as I had the warp song I'd play it and get to the other dungeon you know I didn't want to go through the world too much if I didn't have to but um, you know so the dungeons were the things that were the most exciting and while that didn't necessarily um, apply as much to this game I realized the thing that 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 I loved about this one is that everything else kind of stepped in and made it made the, the rest, the whole experience of Breath of the Wild was the thing that I loved most. So I realized I, I lived for the dungeons in the old games, but in Breath of the Wild I lived for everything, and that was the difference for me. So. And I, I totally agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so. out of your mind. And there's experience. the bow. <laughs> there's the bow tied nicely. <laughs> I am pithy and, and I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so, wait, thank you for you listening. Comfortably tonight. Yes, you oh, can. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, again, questions, topics, comments, uh, send them all over. Nerdsanddolls at gmail.com. Spelled out. Yeah. No weird spelling. Uh, no weird spelling, no, no nothing. Symbols, <laughs> none. Yep. Anyway, all right. We'll thanks for listening, guys. Till next time. Peace. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> Cheerio.